0: are listening to the tidbit brought to you by curate i'm your host and the ceo of curate kim bryden do you run a small business or have dreams to start one well here at the tidbit we've got your back we talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting and running a small business with a food and beverage lens you are tuning into a special series the tidbit takes the road in october 2020 i decided to hit the road on a cross-country listening tour to learn more about how non-coastal small businesses and small towns had been faring. How were they adapting and innovating? What new ways are people thinking about the economy? I recorded 13 interviews from Ohio to New Mexico, so strap in, folks, whether you're walking, driving, exercise bicycling, let's hit the road. A quick note, though, before introducing our guest today. This interview was recorded during the COVID-19 public health emergency, and this episode is particularly noisy, so please be kind about any audio mishaps that may transpire. So on this episode of The Tidbit Takes the Road, we sit down with Miss Kitty Duguid. I am not joking, folks. Miss Kitty Duguid is an incredible human being who I met prior to me even hitting the road, And Kitty set me up with so many wonderful humans throughout my journey in Kentucky. And why is that? Well, Kitty oversees all of the National Main Streets programs in the state of Kentucky. And if you don't know about the National Main Streets organization, I highly encourage you uh, to look them up and see all of the incredible work they do around preserving local retail and our Main Street corridors. Kitty and I talk about building out Main Streets and how a sense of identity and belonging for our communities and how it creates a sense of place while attracting bigger business to the area and how those two things work in tandem with one another in attracting and retaining uh, community. We also talk with the establishment owner uh, where we are eating and discuss how that establishment fostered talent from within. And how one of the employees went on to start one of the most incredible breweries in the area, Country Boy Brewin'. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Miss Kitty Do Yeah, yeah. But
1: well, we were a, a very uh, well-kept secret.
2: Thirteen
3: t- years. In- how long you been in business yeah, for 12. Since
1: two thousand and
3: eight. Hey, okay. I was trying to tell her because yeah. I was calculating mm-hmm. when I started working. Yeah. And then when you all came in you know, and yeah. we did Taste of Georgetown and the wine tasting oh, and then everybody went. Know. Oh yeah, it's not a city sports bar
1: anymore. We're no, like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been good though. We've wow. been really well received by the by our town. And how many people live here?
2: In Georgetown. What is it
1: up to? Like is it thirty-five or something like that? Mm-hmm. Thirty-five. Twenty five years ago it was nine thousand. Oh wow. Yeah, Toyota blew this place up. Toyota.
2: Yes. Oh, that's the main like industry. Yeah, like when you creator. From
3: mm. And you saw that big plant. That is the largest Toyota
1: plant in North America. Yeah, absolutely. If you drive hmm. a Camry we made Yeah, Fascinating. And, uh, and, the that, and the Lexus. Like the, the we are the first uh plan uh, to build Lexus outside of um, Japan. I thought that's the way I understood that. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And when they put them Are they doing something with some hybrids? I thought uh, they made, they made the raft board Huh. Maybe they made something
3: after the in addition oh, to the, Avalon. Avalon, it was the Avalon. Mm, yeah, it's like we got
2: something. Yeah, fascinating. Because yeah. in Cynthia, when I was talking to the mayor, he told me that there's a 3M factory there that makes yeah. all the post-it notes. Yes, fascinating.
1: It is, and, I'm and that's so, a really small thing. Yeah,
2: I'm so interested to learn more about how like an industry like that
1: then helps all the small businesses. Like, do you see? Absolutely. I mean, that's why we live in this town. Yeah. My husband's company works with Toyota. That's how they were founded. They're a logistics company and they work with Toyota. And so that's how we ended up in Georgetown. Fascinating. Yeah. 22 years ago. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think
2: that people are more conscious about? I don't know if we'll say 2020 or just smaller cities in general are conscious about like where they spend their money like knowing that it keeps you alive like surviving
1: and thriving I think so yeah just the way people received us when we got when we had to close down the mandatory shutdown March 13th Mm -hmm. and I mean we were just like oh my gosh like you just didn't know I would have never guessed it would be this today Mm -hmm. right back then I'm like okay we gotta Make it two weeks. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And um, but our carryout was unreal. And they, like. I feel like everybody here is family, so they kind of know our employees, and they had to take care of them. I mean, so people rally. They rallied. Mm. And our our. Uh, was worried. I'm like, our servers are not going to want us to open back up cause they, they were. I mean, it would, it was unreal what people were doing. Yeah. Wow. And uh, other people that I guess never skipped a beat in their job would actually bring, you know, sums of money, and could you split this between your, your the help staff? And, oh wow. Yeah. Amazing. It was. Yeah. True, I mean, you know, the worst of times, best of times, that kind of thing, you know. Because honestly, I don't want to
2: live in a world that's just Amazons and Walmarts, you know, like I want to live in a a space that feels connected to community. Yeah, and just hearing that makes me feel like lots of joy. Oh, oh, yeah, there's lots of joy here. It made a
3: huge difference because it wasn't just a restaurant, it was, oh, Dean and Stephanie need this. So uh-huh. it's like you said. Yeah. We, in small, body. well, in smaller in communities or small neighborhoods, neighborhoods, you know all these people. Yeah. So it's right. like okay, you know, so people would intentionally pick a week and they go, yeah. okay, we'll get to oh, absolutely. Tuesday. Um, absolutely. Yeah. From this place, from yeah. this place. And yeah. I was telling you how mm-hmm. she and her brother would support other local businesses.
1: Oh, and you would buy from them and carry yes. it here? Yeah. We would, no, we would buy a gift card, and then we would feature them every week. We're still doing it. Right. But, um, you know, we'd pick, and we mostly just started down here in downtown, because um, a lot, you know, our our uh, retail, they had to they had to close, you right. know, right? so it's like, how are they paying their rent? and here we were so fortunate to be able to do carry out, yeah, and it, and we never did the um, online carry out until this started.
3: Oh, right.
2: We were
1: too scared. We're like, Honey. and now it's like they won't ever stop. I don't know. We would kill. My husband is a tech. He's techie so he. And he kept hard at that we got to get this going, we got to get this going. Well, that's one thing that COVID did for us. We had to get, we couldn't yeah. never. Well, do you I diversified by revenue. Oh, yeah. yeah, big time.
3: At the beginning, I had all these calls about that very thing and I said, oh, you mean all that stuff I've been telling you for three years, you needed to do? And now they're yeah. like, how do I do it, what do I do? Oh, um, yeah. So I think there's been a lot of good changes that people have There has, made.
1: there has. I think so,
3: for but sure. in your old building? I was really concerned about him, especially at the beginning because yeah. we had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. So I sent the, land, the building owner an email uh-huh. because I thought, okay, I can have an empty building for two years, or I can reduce somebody's rent to help them stay in business. And you, you can imagine the reply I got, he was like, that's an interesting idea. That it, you know, if it were me, I would have said, okay, Steph. Happy yes. let's just yep. cover the mortgage, yep. we'll work on it. Right, right. I knew, but I thought, of all people I thought who could go out of business God. was him. Oh, absolutely. Um, because he was new. Yeah, it's so new. And he's he, along the way, he would yeah. figure out that people in Georgetown don't typically go to dinner on Tuesday night, you right. know. We'll right. come down here, but everybody's kind right. of in that. Right.
1: Right.
3: So he learned yeah. to change his hours yeah he learned you know the client he said he's done better now than
1: before I, I feel like he has been too now he uh what he wasn't from here either and he came in and really he came in too aggressive if you ask me like he was very uh spiteful about how he said we had left the building very so right then and there you didn't endear yourselves to us, so we're not going to help you. Like right. I know that's hateful to say, no, but, but when he, you know, there were things that he said that weren't very nice either. Right. About what he was going to do to our building down here, and I was like, you need to talk to your landlord. Yeah. You know, we're well, the blame He the obviously landlord. didn't know the landlord, but now I'd say he'd say a different thing. Yeah, he should. Yeah. So that, so, um, That was, you you can't come in hot to this town. You cannot do it. You have to know your audience. You have to know all those things, you know, about them. And make a conscious effort to to be friendly. Exactly. And and that was one of the complaints that people that tried to go up there would have. And price. We get a lot of repeat business all week. Because of our prices, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. they don't think anything of going out to eat here two to three yeah. times a yeah. week. Right. My mother's mm-hmm. like, surely they're going other. I'm like, it's because it's cheap. Yeah. yeah, you know we're affordable. Yeah, <laughs> You're affordable, burgers, but yeah. everybody
3: knows you. Yeah. You know, for years we built up, the it was like, yeah. I was telling her, like, we started on Thursdays. Yeah. And even in the winter, people go, it's Thursday, we got to go to Galvin's. Yeah. It didn't matter, nothing was going yeah. on. It was like... It was like the downtown country club. Yeah. It's like, it's oh, Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And so it was able, and I was telling her, this place is probably
1: 10 yeah. times bigger than Oh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, we're we're good. good. Yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. sorry. No, you're, no, you're fine. I haven't been able to eat. No, but you're good. Uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been great. I mean, wow. you know, people really, this, this is a good town. Tell her really So this is a strange, maybe like,
2: supply chain question. But when you're buying stuff for your menu items, have you thought about wanting to buy ingredients from other small businesses or other products? I mean, other than, like, the beer, but... Yeah, we do
1: stay local. You know, we have a lot of local beers. I'll I'll be honest. Um, What our food costs are, we can't afford it. We have to stay with our vendors. You know what I'm saying? Because... The, you know, Kentucky crowd is expensive. Mm. So, like for our business model, yeah. it was just better for us to keep our prices where they're at, and and so you know and that's how you're supporting this. Campaign. That's how yeah. So we do we do that's how we go. I wonder if there. The gift
2: card sounds so innovative of you, like, supporting other small businesses in the main street. Yeah. Through the gift card program. It, it worked I wonder, out really
1: well. And, I guess, because we felt so blessed, we're like, dang, we're not doing that bad. Like, we yeah. could be doing, we could be closed. Totally. Right? And we're not. And so, you have to, I, we've always lived by that, pay forward, you know, because I'm a Uh, I just feel like it can come back and bite you, you Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's That's how we try to meet you. Well, thank you. It's nice to meet you. you. Yeah. And if you ever want to relocate here, let's (laughs) go.
3: It's a
2: good town, of course. I feel like Kentucky's
3: really been calling me.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny. Yeah, We're way different different than Georgetown, D.C. You're right. right. It's very true. Yeah. Even though I do love D.C. I know. Back in the day. I love it. it. when no, I was graduating I college I'm like, I wanna live in DC. Oh but it never happened. It's awesome. I've it been is there awesome. For like Fourteen years. That's a long time. That yep. is a long time, but I love it so much. So well, welcome. Have fun. You. Enjoy. I'm sorry. Thank you, honey. Good. You're while good. While you're you're I good. I hate that uh, Daniel's out of town. Did you know that? Yeah, but oh, she talked know. to him. Oh, good. Yeah. He's awesome. I made it all work,
3: so. Yeah. And yeah. Then I, that's why I told her to come here. We could still get the beer. Yeah. That, that,
1: Which one did you get?
3: Cougar bait.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: That he had worked for you, and he had come from Japan. And,
1: oh, you yeah. You know, I they're mean, all big buds. And, like, that's how, I mean, really, he made us... Except We didn't know about beer, and he's like, this is the way, you know, because he was young, you know, compared to, you know, I was 40 at the time when we started, and he was like, you know, they're going to pair beer and food and all that, and we're like, so, yeah, he was wonderful. So, yeah, family. DH, wow. Yeah. What a man. What a man. He's got it going on yes he does all right have safe
2: trips
1: thank you oh my
3: goodness yes thank you so much good
1: to see
2: you you too i'll catch up with you okay yeah this is good it's really good so So i'm gonna say my little saying but we can keep eating (laughs) okay so we are live from georgetown kentucky and Right now, we are in Galvins on Main Street,
3: and I am here with... Kitty Duguid, and Uh I am the State Main Street Coordinator for the State of Kentucky. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Appropriate
2: we're here on a Main Street. Absolutely. But even more so, this is an important Main Street
3: because you live here. (laughs) I do. I live on Main Street about three blocks up the street.
1: Oh wow. I'm really
3: glad to be here.
2: Honestly, Kitty, you have been a beacon of light on this
3: Tidbit Takes a Road. Well, thank you. (laughs) Um, I always just say I'm the dock connector because my boss says it's two degrees of Kitty Do Good that I know somebody. (laughs) So if I don't know, I find somebody who does know. I love that. And I just think, you know, I've spent my whole career helping people, so it's just kind of what I do. Two degrees from Do Good? love this <laughs> so
2: yeah tell me more about Georgetown or maybe even main like how many main streets do you oversee and then I also want to know about the town that we're in now
3: okay. um, currently I oversee 29 programs across the state 29 29 and they're on from one end to the other which is about six hours apart so mm. depending on where you are Kentucky's a long mm-hmm. state um, and
1: um,
3: the main street you're on today is Georgetown. It was discovered, discovered, settled in 1792, literally across the street at the Royal Spring. Wow. Uh, our claim to fame, sort of, although disputed, which I think makes it way more interesting, is that we are the birthplace of bourbon, mm-hmm. but we don't have a bourbon distillery. But we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Georgetown. It used to be about 9,000 people, so everybody knew everybody, related to everybody, you know, your typical small town, and in 1985, the Toyota plant, which is the largest Toyota plant in North America, chose Georgetown, and why? Because we sit on the intersection of two major interstates, so both east and west and north and south, so we're on 75 and 64. We also have an airport in Lexington. Mm -hmm. We have a local airport that executives can fly in and out of. And we're less than an hour from the International Airport in Cincinnati. Mm. So we are like the center of the universe, Um, regardless of what anybody else tells you is Georgia. So that had a huge impact on our community. Mm. We are the fastest growing county in Kentucky. Fascinating. Mm And so what's the county Georgetown sits in? Scott County. Scott County. And so Scott County now has almost 50,000 in population. So the town is a little over 30, I think. Um, so we worked really hard at maintaining that small town feel. So if you drive into Georgetown, you still think you're in a small town. And there's a lot of stuff going on. Like we have a bypass. 20 years ago, nobody would have ever thought you would have a bypass at Georgetown. Wow. So there's a lot of history here, a lot of historic properties. Georgetown College is located here, which sometimes gets confused with Georgetown University. Um, Which is in Or not to be confused with. Um, So it has a lot of wonderful things for a small town, but you're close to a larger urban area if you choose to be. How far are we from Lexington? Um, 15 minutes. Amazing, okay. Yeah. Just hop on the interstate or go You can take the scenic route. Right. Um, So yeah, so we're close to to everything. Why Main Streets? Like, what
2: about Main Streets make you really excited?
3: Oh, I just think the, the vibrancy and the sense of place that people have with Main Streets. If you talk to people, they always talk about the place they grew up. you know nobody's talking about the farm I mean sometimes they will add that but they talk about their town yeah and I grew up out in the country on a farm so the fact that I moved to Lexington which was this you know amazing living downtown Lexington from the middle of nowhere and then moving to Georgetown right on Main Street It was pretty interesting, but you can watch everything. At that time, the post office, the library, everything was on Main Street. And I think with Main Streets, the the one thing that's great about it, especially during COVID, you know those people. They're your friends, they're your neighbors. And while big box stores and those things supply employment, and they allow other people to be able to, to patronize our downtown, I know the juicer, you yeah. know, so I kind of know there's safety precautions. I know, like in this restaurant, I've known Stephanie and Dan since they opened right. in 2008. So It's this trust. It is, yeah. yeah. You've, you've built up this whole relationship with them, and I think most work, and especially in downtowns, is all about relationships, you know. Can they trust you? Can you help them? And who's it, you know, if you have their best interest in heart. I always wonder why and when
2: we moved business away from relationships and more as just transactions. Because it—that one's easy. Oh yeah, it just totally. Everybody deployed. wanted to live
3: in the suburbs, and they didn't realize they already had the suburbs right around the heart of their town. Uh huh. But they got a, got a car, and then you need the place to park your car. Because uh-huh. downtown, you could walk to school, you could walk to the library, you could walk to the courthouse. Yep. So everybody got a car. Yes. So then you needed a place to shop that you, you know, didn't have to drive all the way to town, which uh-huh. might have been five miles. Uh-huh. Um, so then they had shopping malls, which are basically downtown's inside, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at a lot of new development, I always find it so interesting. They build small towns. They honestly do. Because what this old, well, honestly, of
2: the late 80s, early 90s, mall rat type malls, mega malls,
3: right. no one wants to go to them anymore. No. I mean, they haven't built a new mall in probably 20 years. Yeah. And I think I told you earlier that since covid in my 29 towns i have had over 75 new businesses open 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 and i've had probably less than a half a dozen closed and those were ones that would have closed regardless of covid yeah and people like you know the walkability the being able to see each other being able to find unique things now granted you know now, not every place, but in a lot of small towns, you're not going to find office supplies anymore on Main Street like right. you used to. Right. And so there are things that you have to go other places for. You need to be a part of the global supply chain Right. for paper goods. Right. But, you know, it's, it's that whole camaraderie kind of thing. But there's a, a new place in outside of Lexington, Kentucky, called The Summit. The Summit. The Summit. It's close to a little town called Nicholasville. And I look at it and I think, if they had gone five miles down the road, they could have had an authentic Main Street, done the very same thing, helped a community, saved a farm, yeah. and be thriving. Wow. You know, we don't need to reinvent Main Street. We have it. We know what it is. There's There's a a national national program to support it. (laughs) Let us know what you need. Yeah. Um,
2: So yeah. That's really that is a great point, especially because I find in our current American rhetoric, we have been hearing more and more about um, suburbs equating to middle class. And like protecting the suburb, what? and I tend to think like, like nope. but uh, why, but why do we want to protect it? And like, what? Is, I'm of the mindset of like, are these systems still serving us? And like, why do we need things to stay the same when really, perhaps, coming back to small town community, I'm just in a space of a lot of questioning. Right. Have you felt like? the vision you see for Main Streets between now and five years from now differs from the way you saw it a year ago? Um,
3: yes and no. Because there's a faction of people who now have freaked out because they're too close to somebody. Oh. So they want to go back to the suburbs. Uh-huh. Um, but there's this other factor. You know, I think about the suburbs. I never wanted to live there. It was either way out of town or right in the middle of town but they don't a lot of them don't have sidewalks uh there are some wonderful suburbs I'm not knocking them because they serve a purpose for everybody it was just not something I was looking
1: for but I
3: think some people want to move to those now because of space whereas a year ago everybody wanted to be downtown because that was the place to be the hot spot. Right. But I still think a lot of younger people want to be downtown. They don't want to own a car or have one they have to use very often. They want to know their friends, their neighbors, their local restaurant. That's still very appealing to them because a lot of them like yourself. Yeah. Grew up at the mall where they didn't know anybody. Yeah, right.
2: It's so fascinating you say this because I have literally said the same words living in the District of Columbia, and never did I think I would hear someone from Georgetown, Kentucky say the same thing, honestly, because I I had this false perception that, like, oh, only if you're in a major city are you going to desire to be carless, da-da-da, but it's so true.
3: I think it's pretty universal, especially for people between... Like, say, 20 and late 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, they like not having that responsibility, quite frankly. But then, money, too. Well, I was just saying, the other point of that is we've really outpriced people in your age Right? You know, we, as older people, are still working, so you cannot have my job. Um, And then you have college debt on top of that. So, I feel very fortunate that both of my children own their own homes and they're 29 and 32. Wow. But that's very unusual and they have no college debt. Wow. But. Way to go your kids. Yeah. But that was you know that's totally not the common story. So kids can't afford to buy a home. They don't have a job because we won't leave because we can't. So there's this whole thing going on. So if I live downtown I can cut a lot of expenses exactly, and save up to do the things that you want to do. Right. And in turn,
2: in not owning assets, whether it be a car or a home, maybe a car is negligible, but a home, you don't have that appreciating asset over time. which then creates an entire different generational wealth divide right so yeah it's very interesting because I honestly I thought that this was just a conversation happening in my coastal uh, it's everywhere fascinating so in in this town city of Georgetown or others that you have worked in are there any stories of businesses adapting in 2020 that you felt really inspired by Like a case study, if you
3: will. Well, in my town, because since I've been teleworking, that's where I have been. <laughs> um, it's been interesting to watch because, having been the main street director here for so you know for six years, I knew all these people anyway because I lived here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really interesting to watch the younger people because the older people are still like, okay, now I need to get online. I'm like, okay, everybody's been on Instagram and Twitter for years, so let's go. Yeah. But one little group, um, they partnered together and they did a live fashion show. Oh. So you could see what they had to offer and then you could do cash and carry at the store. They pick it up. I thought that was remarkable.
2: So you tuned in online for this live fashion show and then you could like text or
3: call in with your order and then people picked up. Mm -hmm. Oh, fascinating. I love that. So I thought that was really good. Um, I love how Stephanie and Dan supported the other businesses in town by purchasing a gift certificate. Yeah. And then you were put into a drawing when you were here. I love so it. So they could support, and they even supported other local restaurants. So it wasn't just retail or something. Right. Um, so that's been pretty creative. The one thing that has, um, I think, for, for this particular town that is frustrating because we don't have a Main Street program. And I try and keep my, you know, my car in my lane.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, is that we haven't really supported a lot of unique ways for outdoor dining mm-hmm. that a lot of other places have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. Um, there's a little fella that I love. He is not on Main Street. He, that, he's just a really cool story. He's um, he might be 19 now, but he's oh. young. He's like you know a recent high school graduate. And he owns a place called Far Out Expresso. He turned a horse trailer into a coffee shop just down the road. Awesome. And now he's, you know, he went from that to he's partnered, I think, a little bit with the business next to him. So he has a little sitting area and he's got some little ad chairs, and chairs. So you can sit there if you want to. Oh, my gosh. I might have to go see him. Yes. But it's a drive-thru. It is so cool. So I think, you know, it's caused some people to be very creative and innovative in what they do. Yeah. So I think that's really good and I think it's been great because they've had to be forced to think outside the box. Yeah. And to me, if you when want to have a constraint, it makes you more innovative. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're working together more than they did in the past, so I think it's, you know, out and of crisis is the opportunity. Oh, that's like the beauty of small business to me, is
2: especially businesses like under 50 employees. Mm-hmm. That agility and ability to like pivot and innovate so quickly. It's just not something you can see from cruise ships and like big multinational businesses.
3: Well, and when I think about small business, I think it's very different from what we think on a national scale when they did the incentive package. I'm like, those aren't small businesses. Yeah. I decided I needed to call mine tiny businesses because ten employees is a big plus. Yep. You know, unless you're a restaurant. But for a retail store in a downtown, maybe three people
2: Yeah. It's true. I know. Isn't that- Small business, technically, like the standard of small business, between like five million to
3: hundred million or something like that. And then they talk about small towns, and it's anything under fifty thousand. And I'm like, the average size of mine, if you take high and low, is sixty-five hundred people. Yeah. I mean, my smallest community is just over seven hundred and fifty people.
2: Where is that? In Perryville. Perryville.
3: Perryville is the oldest um, main well retail district as far as it still has clapboard buildings interesting it's uh, right next to the National Historic Landmark which is the Perryville battlefield
1: um,
3: so there's a lot of lot of history there and it's called merchants row okay and the Main Street program has refurbished state take care of those buildings and we focus on, so for a little tiny oh, wow. town they do a lot of great big work.
2: That's wow. incredible. Yeah. So we were just talking about how Stephanie, who we were just talking to earlier, um, the owner of Galveston Street, was supporting other businesses through their gift card purchasing, entering into a raffle, but what I also heard is that the empowerment of employees and partnerships that have been created like right now I'm drinking Country Boy Brewing Mm -hmm. and one of the founders of Country Boy Daniel DH as you told me he's fondly called (laughs) worked here and now his beer that is like a staple in this area is also on their menu Like, tell me more about this DH story
3: from your perspective (laughs) So, my husband was one of DH's teachers, and DH's dad is a pharmacist and used to own a pharmacy on Main Street. Oh. So, they still own a building and, um, behind the courthouse. So, DH to me has always been you know, I always think of him as a kid, and he's a grown adult with children, so it's kind of weird. But um, DH went and lived in Japan for a while. And he taught English as a second language. And, of course, Toyota English made perfect sense. So several people had done that. Was he working for Toyota? Is that right? No. No, I don't think so. Oh. I don't exactly know the story about how he got there and came back, but that's where he met his wife. Okay. Um, and so I'm not sure how long, but he came back and was working as a bartender at you Galilee. Know? Where and we it, are right now. Where we are. Well, a different location, same business. Um, and he and some buddies started, you know, talking about beer and making beer. And at the time, our town was what we call moist, which is kind of weird. So you know, I just have to
2: repeat this. Your <laughs> town was called
3: moist. Yes. So in Kentucky, you have three designations. You can be wet which means, which we are now, but that means you can have packaged liquor stores. Mm-hmm. You can be dry, which means you have no alcohol, which is a fallacy because some are selling it somewhere. Yeah. Are um,
2: still doing okay over here? Going, yeah, oh. yeah, thank you.
3: Or you can be moist, and moist means that you can buy alcohol at a restaurant. I see. Which you can't buy it at the local store. So, they were working on creating this beer, and... Along the way, we developed what was called the YES campaign. Mm. And we were kind of under the radar, not real specific about what YES was, but it was really to make our town wet because DH wanted to open a business that he eventually did. That it was, from my perspective as a Main Street director, it was all about economic opportunity. Yeah. I didn't care if anybody drank. But around here, most people just wanted some beer and watched, you know, UK play basketball. We were good. Yeah. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be a terrible thing. But, you know, we're the, the state of bourbon. How can you not be able to purchase it? But, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. So we worked on that. Um, and D.H. opened his business, Country Boy Brew, in a little t- tiny building in downtown Lexington on Chair Avenue. Mm-hmm. And that was probably hmm, eight years ago, maybe? Ten? At the very least. And that grew so much that they came back to Scott County, which is where he's from and lives, and they built Country Boy Brewing out in the industrial park and it's the like center. a manufacturing center yes but you can also have lunch i mean it's it's a place you can eat it's not a full service restaurant like yeah. a restaurant uh-huh. but they have a kitchen and you know you can get lunch or pretzels or burgers or whatever yeah um and they have a big outside dining area with picnic tables and you can play cornhole, hall or you know the kids can run around with the dogs and whatever and then he started selling his product in stores.
2: Wholesaling it. Whoa. Wholesaling it. So,
3: like, you go to the Kroger store, and there's DH's Country Boy, you know, six-packs on the shelf. Wow. So <laughs> like, Cougar like Cougar Bay. Like Cougar Bay. We're Shotgun Wedding. wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. We like to have some country names going there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, he employs local people. So, again, that same kind of... Trust and comfort with the people you know. Yeah. So it's been a huge success for him.
2: Wow. And uh, they all amazing. support
3: one another. So it's yeah, it's really good.
2: Wow, really good. What would you say? Just oh, thank you for sharing that story. That's amazing. Sure. What would you say in Georgetown and maybe even like Scott County at large? Mm-hmm. Would you say that like? age breakdown and like racial breakdown is so like 80 percent white and 40 years old like
3: what is the it's probably 98 percent white Uh um that may or may not be accurate there is a small population of african americans Mm -hmm. that have been here since the 1800s i
2: see
3: we have because we're still sort of an agrarian society here and we have Evans Orchard and Bywater Farm, and, um, what is Bean beast called? We have another one, it's the only organic, it was the first organic farm here in Kentucky. Oh, uh-huh. um, but we have a lot of um, Hispanic labor for the farms. And that's that has been consistent probably for 20 years. So it's, um, it's not, when you think of our town, you wouldn't say, oh, it's a diverse community. Right. Because you go, it's in the middle of central Kentucky on farmland. I see. But it really is. And the college adds a little bit more, you know, with professors. and When I was teaching... University I'm, of Kentucky? No, Georgetown College. Oh,
2: Georgetown. Yes, of course. When
3: I was teaching, I had kids from Japan, obviously, but I also had kids that were... Vietnamese mm-hmm. or Iranian or just a multitude and if someone had said in this little town you're gonna have to teach all these nationalities we'd all said yeah right and right. there they were it was great so on the surface it doesn't look real diverse uh-huh. but I think once you're here and you, you know you go to the grocery store or you're out you do see your it.
2: community yeah yeah Interesting. And between, like, younger people versus mm. generationally been here. I
3: would say, well, of course, there are families that have been here since the beginning, I would say, or at least close to it. I mean, the lady 17. who 17. Yeah. No, the lady that lives across the street, from me, I find it fascinating because this is so uncommon. She's has lived in this community for six generations. Wow. Yeah. And then there's other people, you know, like people think I'm from here because I've been here since I started teaching. No. Um, And then we have a lot of new people. It's it's very interesting mix of people. But I would say average age, if you really had to figure it out, it's probably 40s. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, um, I think the oldest millennial now is 38, Mm. interestingly. So maybe it's like late Gen X. Or I'm sorry, yeah, late Gen X and then the earliest millennial.
3: And probably somewhat like myself to the early well the latest baby boomers, like yeah. we almost made it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if someone wanted to either
2: find you or come to Georgetown? Like, How can people find you on the internet?
3: Mm, They really shouldn't
1: look.
3: Well, they can go to Kentucky Main Street, Uh and my name will pop up. I actually work at the Uh the State Historic Preservation Office. Or they can send me an email, which is kitty.dogood.ky.gov. You have the best name. Do people
2: tell you this all the time? Mm -hmm. They do. We'll, but Do Good is your married name?
1: Mm-hmm. Ah. It is my
3: married name. Watson was my maiden name. And my husband, we've been married
1: uh, since
3: not, 35 years, since 1985.
1: Wow.
3: And he was like, you really don't have to take that name. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. And so I said, the best thing about my name is nobody forgets it no one. And the worst thing about my name is nobody forgets it. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, all of my like friends slash colleagues, when I said I was going on this journey, and I was so, so happy we connected even before arriving here, and I said I was meeting you today for lunch, and I'm telling you, every person I told, it didn't even, it didn't even matter. You're talking about the fact who you are and like your position and your wonderful name they were like we just want to know more
3: <laughs> funny one of the guys I used to work with said my name sounded like a bond girl I was like mm, no but, amazing yeah. so I always just say I try to live up to it yeah you know sometimes it's really hard but I really just try to do the best I can and help people and help communities and oh, yeah. If I can't help them to find someone who can, Kitty
2: do good to Brand.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it is. I said I wish Hello Kitty would have been around when I was growing up. Yeah. You know that would be great. But um, for I do. Talking yeah, with me. I do leave, you'll like this when I visit my communities. We, my boss had seen, um, I guess at Trick or Treat or something, Hello Kitty rings. And he said, well, you should leave those. Well, I started looking they their way expensive. But one year they had Hello Kitty Easter boxes, like little oh eggs. Hi, okay.
2: you want another beer? I'm
3: okay. Thank okay. you so much. Do you need any boxes? No. I do need one. Thank you. I'm okay. And they had... These kitty boxes. So when I go visit, I would take them a box. So if you walked into somebody's office, you know I've been there because that box is there. A hello kitty box. A hello kitty little plastic like an egg container, it's just her little head. And then we I thought, now what do I do? So we have coins. And before COVID, when I would visit or you came to a workshop or a training, you earn coins. And uh, then, at the end of the year, their coins are drawn money. for scholarships yeah. to the and National Main Street Conference.
0: And that is such a
2: good
3: idea. Yeah, but all the coins have, oh, yeah. we got my, um, half of it too, worker at, half our, yes, our administrative yes. assistant yes. made me Hello Kitty stickers. Um, armacoin. Yeah, but they're different colors, so she cuts them out and all the coins have them. And so I keep a chart as to who has what number and what color so that when we pull them out, we know who belongs to. So Hilarious. it's very complicated for a Hello Kitty thing, but yeah.
2: I love that. So it's pretty fun. Amazing.
3: So well, no, it's just like we have no budget, so I've I'll, I'll learned how to work with nothing. <laughs>
2: well, th- th- I feel like that's the theme of this conversation, is like, in constraint, what innovation can emerge. I love
1: that. Absolutely. Thanks so, for okay.
2: meeting me. Absolutely. And also, all of these great introductions. I'm so happy. Yeah, you're
3: going to have a great time.
0: Did you know that the tidbit is derived from a bi-weekly newsletter that we send out at Curate? In it, we discuss what we're reading, eating, drinking, listening to, and learning. Five quick morsels of information to get you in the know and on top of your game. Head over to curate.co, C U R E A T E.co, to sign up. Also, we would love if more listeners like you could find out about the tidbit. Our mission at Curate includes the sharing of education and access to resources. And the best way to reach more folks like you is to leave a review on iTunes. Seriously, head over and let us know what tidbit of knowledge resonated with you. Until next time, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally.